Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's top stories that we're going to get into. An Antifa militant was arrested with an alleged pipe bomb in Florida at a conservative event. Next, you got to watch this video. Alec Baldwin completely melting down as he's comparing his set shooting where he shot his cinematographer to January 6th. Yes, I kid you not. Third, Dr. Malone is triggering a massive pushback to the mass formation psychosis and the, and the framing, his, uh, his new discussion. And then finally, felony charges, this is a great story, felony charges have been dropped on Kyle Rittenhouse's friend Dominic Black in the AR-15 case. All this and more head, Human Events Daily. All right, so first up, this is one of those stories where, and I know it's cliche to say this, but if this were someone on the right, this would literally be the lead story anywhere and everywhere in the country, probably internationally right now. An alleged Antifa member targeted a Florida rally with a pipe bomb style IED and more explosives were found at his house. The arrested individual suspect, Garrett James Smith, 22, was found and arrested carrying a pipe bomb, Antifa propaganda, and a written document on what to bring for his direct actions, basically a direct action plan that he had written out. He had recently returned from Portland, Oregon. Go and watch the video explaining what's happening. The next category on Smith's list is what he calls armor. So you can see there at the top, it's got the clothing, and then it's got a list of armor. And within that section of his list, it contained uh, a black helmet uh, with armor, black vest, knee guards, elbow pads, and a uh, personal shield. The third category, which is the one at the bottom of the list and it's the most extensive, is titled gear, and it is to be kept in a backpack, and it includes a gas mask and filters, pepper spray, smoke rockets, and flammable rags. After finding the explosive device, deputies called the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office bomb squad to the scene and bomb technicians determined that the device was in fact an active explosive device. So Post Millennial continues, this is Andy No, my friend who's writing it. A man in full black block behaving suspiciously near a right-wing rally outside of Pinellas County Courthouse in Florida on Jan 6 was apprehended by deputies after he tried fleeing on foot. Garrett James Smith was arrested and found carrying an active pipe bomb. He had Antifa propaganda. Sheriff Bob Gallardi said he was running fast, he was running away from something at a press conference. The Tampa Police Department responded to the scene and determined that the device that they found was a homemade M-type destructive device, according to the affidavit. Smith was purportedly targeting dozens of the attendees at a rally protesting the treatment of Jan 6 suspects on the one-year anniversary of the Capitol riot. An executed search warrant of his residence that he shares with his parents revealed more explosives, tape, and nails for use in grenades. Bomb squad investigators from the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office and the Tampa Police responded to the home and determined the devices were homemade IEDs. He also included what he called a direct action checklist, or a DAC. 
It included drawings of an umbrella, a symbol uh, adopted by Antifa militants for their frequent use of black umbrellas to shield one another from cameras while they conduct acts of violence or vandalism, including a backpack with an Antifa iron front fist on it. He also wrote tips, no logos, armor, pick a helmet with a roll cage, gear, keep your gear concealed. And it goes through, it goes through gas masks, collapsible batons, lighters, headlooms, uh, head domes, laser pointers, pep large pepper spray, flammable rags. You understand why he says flammable rags, right? He wants to make Molotov cocktails, black balloons, firework satchels, spray paint, um, black paracords, grappling hook, literally wrote grappling hook, slingshot, ham radio, and a flag to, he actually wrote this, a flag to burn. Folks, understand what's going on here. This is a situation where you had somebody who is a hardened and actual believer in Antifa and this disgusting and completely insane ideology who was trying to attack and kill all those people at that rally. They were out there exercising their First Amendment right to peaceably assemble under the Constitution of the United States. You can like that, not like that, disagree with it. You can do whatever you want. But the one thing you can't do is conduct political violence against your opponents. You know, I held a rally outside the White House all the way back in June of 2017, Lafayette Square Park, where we stood against political violence, we stood against hate speech, we stood against all this stuff. We said, we're gonna draw a line right here. We're gonna draw a line right here, right? We understand that political violence is illegal. And you'd think that would be something that everybody could agree with. But then we saw 2020, and we saw the entire media in this country condoning, supporting, and fanning the flames of violence throughout the country. Alec Baldwin, what a guy. Really, what a guy in terms of this. You know, if you are apparently a major left-wing celebrity, a member of the elite in this country, and by the way, someone who is a made man for the ruling class. If you're someone who is a hired major domo of the ruling class, remember, this is their guy. Apparently, you can shoot someone on your set, and then when the sheriff of the county puts out a search warrant, you don't even have to respond and hand over your phone. Remember, he's left the state. He's actually fled the state of New Mexico. He's gone to New York with his family. The sheriff's office back in New Mexico, Santa Fe County, has said, hey, we, we are issuing a search warrant. We need to see your phone. We need to know what's on there. We want the photos, we want the text messages, calls, everything. We want that from your phone, Alec Baldwin. Now, I imagine, by the way, that they're also getting it from his provider. I think it's a Verizon phone. So they're gonna get that from the provider. But for some reason, he is yet to turn this over. Well, instead of turning it over and then going to his lawyers and explaining everything and be very careful about this, that's not what Alec Baldwin is doing. Alec Baldwin is using that very, I kid you not, the very same phone to sit in his car and make videos about how terrible everything is, how it's awful, it's so bad, everyone's blaming him, there's so much hate out there in the world. He is having an absolutely bizarre meltdown and rant when it comes to this stuff. So go and watch, the, let's just play, we're gonna, what we're gonna do, we're gonna break this up, watch the first part of this, 
because this is one of the most stunning breakdowns I've ever seen. The best way, the only way we can honor the death of Helena Hutchins is to find out the truth. That's what I'm working toward, insisting on, demanding um, that the organizations involved in this investigation uh, do everything in their power, everything in their power to find out what really happened. That's all that matters. The best way to honor the death of Helena Hutchins is to find out the truth. Oh, he wants to go find the real killer. Well, that's, that, that's, that's wonderful. Find the real person who's involved. It shouldn't take Alec Baldwin that long to track down Alec Baldwin. Guess what? You're right there. You're literally in the mirror. You can turn around your phone because boom, you got the guy who's responsible. You're the one. Remember, folks, he is the one who pulled the trigger. He is the one who was handed the gun. He didn't check to see if it was operating. He didn't check to see if it was loaded. He pointed at somebody. He pulled the trigger. He says he didn't pull the trigger, but does anyone really believe that? Because I think there's been debunk after debunk after debunk that's come out on this that said, yeah, there's a 99% chance that that gun didn't go, unless you come up with some kind of freak accident, which apparently, and this is the weirdest part for me, if this was on a film set, you know there's footage of this. There's always some camera rolling. If it's not the main camera, there's a side camera, there's always somebody filming everything that goes on on a, on a film set. But for some reason, this, this horrific event is the only thing that we don't have on footage. Nah, not buying it. Not buying it for a second. But then go and look at what Alec Baldwin said next. Any suggestion that we're not complying myself and uh, any lawyers I'm working with or what have you is a lie. That's a lie. We're gonna, as, as soon as we go through this process, then by all means we will comply. But, um, <clears throat> but I have no worries about that. I have no worries about that. That's all gonna work itself out, regardless of what they say on these right-wing rag sheets and people who are all about hate. Um, but setting aside all the, the hate, setting aside all the January 6th of it all, there it is. So I guess it wasn't enough when Kamala Harris compared, Jan Vice President Harris compared January 6th to 9-11, to Pearl Harbor, right? They're gonna be comparing it to everything. On Twitter, I compared it to the Battle of Nakatomi Plaza, the very horrific and tragic Battle of Nakatomi Plaza. I also compared it to the film Old School with Will Ferrell. But no, Alec Baldwin's gotta get into the game because he says that's not enough. So he's comparing, and I don't even know how anybody else can draw this line, right? Of January 6th to the shooting death of Helena Hutchins, his cinematographer, you gotta understand, with people like Alec Baldwin, right? Actors in general, artists in general, they are high in terms of emotional IQ. So this is your e emotional IQ that you're dealing with. They, they deal with emotion, they deal with narratives, they deal with how things make them feel. So for him, that shooting death of Helena Hutchins makes him feel angry. January 6th makes him feel angry. And so his knee-jerk response is to go and blame both of those on the right wing. Instead of actually dealing with any of the facts involved in the shooting, instead of dealing with the situation as it stands, doesn't matter for him. He's using a mental crutch rather than employ any thinking, logistics, region, or logic, reason, anything like that. No, 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 no. He wants to go and blame all of this on every single person out there but himself. It's a form of projection, 
It shows someone who's very mentally insecure. And Alec Baldwin, you have every reason to be. Talk to your lawyers. Stop talking to the camera. Well, I'd just like to thank our wonderful overlords at the AP and Reuters. They have come in to save us once again from our delusions, to save us from the misinformation, the disinformation, the bad faith actors out there. Yes, AP, the Associated Press and Reuters, who have never got anything wrong before, the Associated Press, we're not going to talk about their past and their ties and propaganda that they were actually able and in a deal with to produce for Nazi Germany back in the 1930s. No, 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 no. We're not going to talk about the Associated Press in terms of that because, thank God, they have come out with the headline. There is no evidence of pandemic mass formation psychosis, according to Reuters and the Associated Press. Mass formation psychosis is not an academic term recognized in the field of psychology, nor is there evidence of any such phenomenon occurring during the COVID-19 pandemic. Multiple experts in crowd psychology have told Reuters and the Associated Press. By the way, you see what they're doing here, and I'm, this is from uh, Zero Hedge, conservative pundit, Sundance has it. You see what they're doing, right? They're arguing that because the term mass formation psychosis doesn't exist, right, which of course is a new term, but because that doesn't exist, then they're arguing therefore that the underlying concepts behind what Dr. Malone is talking about in terms of mass for formation psychosis also don't exist. But you see the problem with that, right? You've straw man, this is, every single fact check is like this, by the way. And I've said, what is a fact check? A fact check is a blue pill designed to keep the normies docile. A fact check is a blue pill designed to keep the normies docile. Because somebody comes out there and starts spreading a little bit too much truth, and they gotta roll out one of these fact checks to say, don't worry normies, don't worry normies, we got this fact check, take your blue pill, take your little blue pill, take your little blue pill, see us in the morning, you'll be fine. There won't be any issues, don't worry. Don't listen to that crazy Dr. Malone and that crazy Joe Rogan, you listen to us because we are the trusted source. Remember, I talked about this before, about how mass formation psychosis, so many people were typing this into Google that Google had to come in and manually change their algorithm to determine what would be the first thing that came up because they had to prevent Dr. Malone's article, his Substack, which has been shared hundreds of thousands of times. It's gone hyper viral, but they had to make sure that that wasn't the first thing that popped up. So here's a clip, Peter McCullough explaining this. Mass psychosis says is number four, the solution. There's no limit to the absurdity of the solution. But then it goes a step further and huge hat tip out, by the way, to Wuhan clan on Twitter. This guy is amazing. Just one of those great anonymous accounts out there. One of the actual, I kid you not, psychologists that is quoted in the fact check of this Wuhan clan has been going through this guy's tweets and his own past research. Here's a tweet from him from August of 2020, Jay Van Babel. Until we get a vaccine, our only real tools are behavior. We have to think through the lens of behavioral science. What can we do to nudge and cajole and encourage and motivate people to do the right thing? So you see, it's not mass formation psychosis, it's just psychological behavioral nudging. And that's totally different, ladies and gentlemen. 
but he's also got a piece, same guy, just keep tracking him, Jay Van Babel. We found his name because he was quoted by them. Here's his piece, April 2020, in Nature on Human Behavior, this journal, using social and, <laughs> using social and behavioral science to support COVID-19 pandemic response. Targeting fears can be useful. Appealing to peer fears leads to people changing their behaviors. Negative framing captures their attention, especially for people who are less mathematically skilled. That's his words, not mine. Increase negative emotions and sensitize people to otherwise neglected risks for themselves and others. Make them scared. Then leverage the impact of norms falling under the category of what he calls behavioral nudges, which influence behavior through modification of choice architecture. Ladies and gentlemen, he is explaining how the mass formation takes place. Dr. Malone is talking about the conclusion of J. Van Babel's work. That's why they're going after Dr. Malone, because he's the one who called them out. Here at Human Events Daily, we are keeping up with the stories months and weeks and years after they first come out because we are the ones that are sitting in day in, day out, doing the work that the mainstream media will not do. So if you wanna continue to support us, you go to mypillow.com, you use the promo code POSO, and you tell them, you say, look, I want the pillows, I want the mattress toppers, I want the towels, sleep through. <laughs> sleep through the night the way that President Biden sleeps through a food crisis or sleeps through an international crisis in Russia, Ukraine, and Afghanistan and Kazakhstan. You will sleep like President Biden on your brand new MyPillow, promo code POSO. <laughs> all right, so uh, speaking of which though, in all seriousness, good news that came out this week. We said that we would keep up with the story and we're gonna keep up with it. Dominic Black. You guys remember Dominic Black? He was Kyle Rittenhouse's friend who actually purchased the AR-15 for him. He was the one who said, I'm gonna buy these, but I'm gonna hold it for you in Illinois. Remember, or excuse me, in Wisconsin. So it never crossed those state lines. Kyle Rittenhouse lived in Illinois. Dominic Black lived in Wisconsin. And the AR-15 never crossed state lines. Well, Dominic Black just had his felony charges dropped. He's accepted a plea deal. He's essentially just going to, um, it's a non-criminal citation. They've dropped the whole thing. Binger and Lunchbox are taking the L again. That's for you, Lunchbox. That's for you, Binger. Felony charges dropped on Dominic Black because you knew what would happen, that if you went to a jury, if you put that before a jury, that you would literally get laughed out of court the same way that we laughed you out of court last time. And I'm sure the Judge Schrader is very happy to see justice done here. But go back, I want you to go back and look at what they did to Dominic Black when they interrogated him for the completely lawful purchase of two AR-15s. You know where he got the rifle? Yeah, it's mine, he got it from my dad's house. Okay. What's your rifle? Yeah. It was, he bought it with his money, but I got it for him. Yeah, I know, but like in my head, like I, I could have stopped it. So he, he spent his money, but I told him it's going under my name. The whole thing has been pled down. Dominic Black's plea deal will result in a non-criminal citation according to court documents filed on Friday. He would be required to pay a fine of $2,000. Black was charged in 2020 on two counts of providing a firearm to a minor. He purchased an AR-15 for Rittenhouse who was 17 years old when he bought the brought the gun to a riot in Kenosha, Wisconsin. Was, Rittenhouse was too young to purchase the gun legally at the time. Now, here's the problem with that, of course. Dominic Black 
didn't purchase the gun and then sell it to Kyle Rittenhouse. This law is on the books for straw purchases. He said, I'm gonna hold it in my possession and then I'm going to transfer ownership when Kyle turned 18. That is not against the law and it was never against the law. But what Binger was trying to do was find the specific thing in the law to use that to go after, a specific citation in the law to go after Dominic Black. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the whole thing has been dropped because the citizens and the people, the residents of Wisconsin, specifically the residents of Kenosha, understood what it was that Dominic Black and Kyle Rittenhouse were trying to do that night. They were trying to protect their home. They were trying to protect the town of Kenosha. They had been asked to be there by an Indian immigrant family to protect their business, a car dealership that they ran in the town of Kenosha. They had a couple of lots. They were trying to protect them all. That's what went on that night. These were not vigilantes. These were people who were put in that situation that they never should have been in by the mayor, by the state of Wisconsin. And that is it for us, all the time we have here on Human Events Daily. But remember, our motto to you, our pledge, we will not break it. Be good, be brief, be gone. And remember your homework, ladies and gentlemen. Go share this out with one of your normie friends. And then by the way, go and leave us a review. It really helps us out. It really takes care of us in terms of this. We're gonna have a lot of stuff coming up this year. So please go leave us the review. It helps us out with the rankings and it does a lot of good for us. But before we leave, I wanna leave you all with today's moment of history. Today, in 1776, Thomas Paine's Common Sense came out. This called for independence against Great Britain. And what it was, keep in mind, it was a pamphlet that he had made himself and that it was shared in bars, it was shared in taverns, in inns, all throughout the land. And people kept sharing it and sharing it and sharing it the same way that this podcast is being shared today. Ladies and gentlemen, you have my permission to lay ashore.